You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM's The Morning Buzz with Munkiran and Natasha. Now, the International South Asian Film Festival is back next week, running from September 28th to October 1st. We're now speaking to Pallavi Sastri. She is a celebrated actor, producer, singer, and podcaster whose career has spanned from New York theater to award-winning film and TV. And she is the program coordinator for ISAF this year. And she's going to tell us what to expect at this year's festival. Pallavi, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Yes, thank you for having me, Mon Karen. Now, Balavi, what drew you, first of all, into the world of storytelling? Yeah, you know, I think for all of us, it's, it's always comes back to you because our South Asian culture is so rich with arts history and arts, um, you know, and we, we have so much rich arts um, talent in our, in our culture. It usually starts uh, at, a, at a young age. You know, I, I did a lot of Kuchwari and Bartmachium as a kid, and that sort of forayed my way into musical theater and started my career in New York in the Broadway world and slowly made my way into television film about 12, 13 years ago. And, you know, Pallavi, what's really impressive about your resume is you seem to be doing a whole lot of things, right? You're acting, you're producing, you're singing, and you're podcasting. Now, my question to you is, do you prefer kind of being in front of the camera or the behind the scenes? Do you prefer one over the other? Uh, yeah, you know, I think, I think I don't have a preference. I think I, uh, what I like, uh, what I'll say is I like the idea of producing because it gave me a chance to make it about celebrating people and artists that I admire and that inspire me, right? And that's what a producer's job is, is to facilitate the story being made and take it from beginning to end, sort of be uh, a ride or die person for the filmmakers and being an actor is also facilitating that story but it's just in a different way you're sort of the vessel for the story right and so it's hard for me to decide which one is is my favorite but I will say I think both bring um it's a marriage of both of my worlds I think in my sort of left and right brain Certainly, there's kind of like power with both of them, really. And, you know, one thing I noticed, Pallavi, is as I was doing my research on you, I was on your website, and I have to say, you know, being a South Asian in the film industry, we do have very unique names. I noticed on your website, you have it written, you know, say it with me. It's pronounced Pallavi. For you, how important was it for you to own your name in the industry? Oh, man. I, again, I think a lot of us have our different journeys and stories with this, but, you know, I've, I've heard the gamut of, of how to mispronounce my name, I think, growing up in, in rural Texas also. <laughs> so I think um, it took me a minute to be able to own my name and not feel embarrassed for always raising my hand and correcting people. It always felt like I was putting people off by they would say my name and I, I immediately have to you know, correct them. And I would see that as like a negative thing and be worried that they would see that as a negative thing. But I think, you know, over time, when, uh, especially when you become uh, an artist and you have to get used to people saying your name, it's just after a while, it's like, it has to be true to me. And so I was, I started becoming okay a little bit with, with sort of guiding people rather than seeing it as correcting them. Totally. And I'll say, you know, especially me with a name like Munkiran, I've definitely also heard some really fascinating versions of my name. But why do you think that we feel that kind of awkwardness? Like, why do we feel so weird about getting people to get our names right? Because it really shouldn't be a big deal. You know, I think it is uh, really about our desire to assimilate when we migrate, you know, from the motherland, wherever that may be. And um, we're told that, you know, we, it's an opportunity to, it's such a great opportunity to be here. We're here for the for security and stability and whatnot, and and we should put our heads down and do good work, and that's how we'll succeed. And so 
um, just in, you know, raising your hand and saying, hey, you're saying my name wrong or, or correcting somebody on first meeting just by, you know, somebody saying your name wrong feels like you're disrupting or ruffling feathers, right? And so I think that's a mind shift for a lot of us. Oh, it definitely is. And I'm noticing, and I think especially on social media, that more people are really making it a point to say, hey, you know what, I want you to say my name correctly. And I really appreciate that. Now, Balavi, your career is a very exciting one. I noticed that you've got some really cool projects lined up, Land of Gold on HBO Max and Walking Dead, Dead City. These are huge projects. So how does it feel to be part of them? Yeah, you know, I'm going to give you a very diplomatic answer right now because technically I am an actor on strike in the States, and so uh, we're not supposed to uh, uh, heavily promote anything that we've done in the past on those contracts because we're fighting for a fair contract renegotiation right now. But I will say that I've been very fortunate to uh, have a variety of, of work in my career, and I think I went I went looking for it, honestly. You know, I didn't see people like myself on stage or, or on camera growing up like many of us. You know, we have, all have that feeling. And so I, I never wanted to close myself off to what was possible um, and what would ex- what would be excited to welcome me into the medium. And that's really what I, I think when I found television and film, that's really, I really felt at home um, because the camera doesn't let you lie. And so I could just be myself, you know? Certainly. And, you know, that kind of goes into my next question, though. Of course, yeah, we can't ignore the strikes that are going on in Hollywood. So how has that been impacting you? It is definitely difficult to navigate. Um, I think uh, if this feels like a, a very monumental time in our industry, a very much a tipping point, um, I think... Uh, it's hard to get away from most conversations like this without, you know, one side or other being polarized. But I think at the end of the day, uh, we're trying to pull the veil down on what people think actors' lives are like and what how we're actually being treated and paid. Um, and so it's, it's very much a, a sort of dichotomy, a paradoxical thing that happens when people hear that, some of their favorite characters on television aren't making a, a living that they can pay their rent and mortgage with or making their health care. And um, so that's really what this is about. You know, it's about, um, you know, the expectation of us to put all of ourselves into this work so people can enjoy it, but then the companies that hire us don't um, take care of our livelihood. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, and, and it's been going on for some time now, so it's it's definitely. Do you know when do you, do you know like when you think it's going to end? I know this is kind of putting you on the spot, but any idea? Um, I think I've heard rumors and rumors for sure. Um, the thing is, is that you know, the as it should be, the negotiations are done behind closed doors, and and our union has been good about not um, being too uh, gossipy to the press, and you know they've agreed that they're not going to. They're not going to leak things, and, and, you know, so at the end of the day, I'm we're hoping that it's not going to go on for much longer, obviously. Um, I think the uh, studios, we're doing a good job of being united as unions with the WGA as well, and so I think we are cornering the studios, and they're definitely feeling the pressure. So I hope that they will answer uh, to our requests and uh, that we can put all this to bed in a little bit. Shifting gears now, let's talk about the International South Asian Film Festival. How did you get involved? <laughs> uh, well, I had a lovely uh, film, uh, one that you mentioned earlier, that was the closing night film last year at the festival. And so I was fortunate enough to uh, make the trip up to Surrey and uh, be part of the festival, attend my screening, do the Q&As and things like that. And I just found it to be a very inclusive and welcoming 
very family-like um, env- environment, excuse me. Um, and I think Manu Pansy, the leadership at ISAF, is really driven to expand it. And I think the rebranding of the of the festival this year from BICEF to ISAF is already, um, uh, you know, that was a big uh, announcement and a big declaration of being more inclusive and global and um, celebratory of all the diaspora has to offer in terms of filmmaking and storytelling. So I think that was really moving to me. And, um, you know, after becoming close with them and uh, discussing further about their plans for the festival and, you know, my sister is actually my producing partner, Kirsten Asastri, and she and I um, work on most things together um, outside of, you know, my acting career and her career as a casting director. And when we told them, we said, you know, we'd be excited to program. Uh, we're excited to do something like that and sort of expand our work in that way. Um, and they were excited to have us. So it's, it's, it felt like a very serendipitous time for us to be able to work with them this year. And especially as program coordinator, right? Like, what is it like being in that position? Because I feel like it's been such an exciting time for South Asian creatives, especially. We are seeing so much wonderful work out there. So what's it like being in this position? It is both uh, empowering, but also uh, nerve-wracking. And the empowering part is because our job really is to find a way to fit in as much South Asian storytelling as possible and recognize the story as the filmmakers, right? At the end of the day, we can't get work made. None of us can get, get work made if we aren't, um, if we don't have the support system and the recognition that is there to catch us and, and celebrate us whenever the work happens, right? So um, that that was really what was exciting to us. We know so many filmmakers that we've um, had the pleasure to work with and also just, you know, come up with, you know, all of us are of a similar generation when we get to this point of being program directors or or producers or things like that. And so um, the idea that we can lift up and open the door for our colleagues and also um, pull up the next generation is really what's exciting about programming at a festival. Um, the nerve-wracking part is that there's so much, like you said, and so um, we had to say no to some really amazing projects this year. And um, there's also, uh, you know, the strikes have made it a, a little bit difficult to uh, program a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, the limitations put on the filmmakers and the actors and in terms of promotion. But outside of that, like, you know, uh, you know it, this has been a really positive experience. And so I think the program reflects that. I feel like it's like a good problem to have, though, right? Like knowing, okay, there's so much content out there, it makes it exciting. Now, speaking of content, tell us about some of the films that are going to be showcasing here, because my goodness, there is a range. Oh, absolutely. And like you said, there is a lot, right? So um, first and foremost, we wanted to make sure that we didn't uh, ignore any genres. And what's been exciting this year is that we've seen a surgeons actually, in genre filmmaking, um, meaning like the horror films, the experimental films where you watch it and you think, what did I just watch? But it, it affected you in some way and stirred up some emotions. So we have a whole short film block called What Did I Just Watch? where people that are looking to be excited by film in a different way can watch. Um, there's some you know, very sort of trailblazing filmmaking happening in that block. We have uh, Sundance uh, and you know, Big Sky documentaries that are at the festival this year. Um, and as well as we have a block called the Golden Age of South Asian Television, which, uh, which is celebrating, uh, you know, various episodics that are happening in Canada, in Bangladesh, in India, and, you know, we, we really d- 
did our due diligence to bring in some great stuff, as well as uh, some retrospective things. Like we had the 10th anniversary screening of uh, the Lunchbox, which was obviously a very big film for our, our entire uh, community when it came out 10 years ago in Cannes. Yeah, that was such a sweet film. Like I said, you guys really do have a range. Bellavi, it was so nice talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And we look forward to ISAF this year. You take care. Thank you so much. See you soon. See ya. We just spoke to Pallavi Sastri. She is the program coordinator for ISAF 2023. And we talked all about what to expect at this film festival. Like I said, it's running from September 28th to October 1st. So be sure to go grab your tickets. You don't want to miss out on this. So much great talent out there. So go to ISAF.ca.